What's going on, y'all? Domcast episode 87 was Caesar Zapata. Ba, 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 ba. We're kind of doing this a little earlier than normal, but that's okay because we're busy people. Thank you for coming over, my man. Thanks for having me. And you brought some good, delicious coffee. We needed some coffee. It woke you up. I know I woke you up this morning. It's okay. Oh, man. I set my alarm, too, and I still didn't. I I still barely rolled out of bed. I got you. Uh, Opening up a breakfast place. Now I wake up early. It's just. What what is your normal? And if anyone doesn't know right now, we're going to get into it, and you're going to get to know him very well. But uh, Caesar runs many restaurants, has opened up many restaurants. He's got a spot right now. One of my favorite called Sangria on the Berg. And you've won so many accolades with this restaurant. It's absolutely insane. You're doing so much media. You're on TV, San Antonio Living. You're doing all this. Now, it all starts, right? Everyone says, how did you get this success? How did you get uh, this opportunity? How are you so lucky? Do you believe in luck or hard work? Or Uh, a combination of both? Definitely a combination. Things come your way. You know, do you do you do it or do you not? Do you work for the man or do you, do you become the man? You know, it's one of those things. Um, you know, it's we were talking about it earlier, the overnight success. You know, the you know it was a twenty year overnight success. That's beautiful. People don't see the you know me starting at sixteen and washing dishes and being being a busser and uh, and you know like I think everybody in the industry what happens one guy one day some guy doesn't show up. And they need you to take some tables. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I made a lot of money. More than a busser. You know, you're used to taking 20 bucks, 30 bucks home. And then you're like, wow, I just made 50, 60, 70. Oh, yeah. As a 16-year-old kid. Um, So, you know, doing that. And I I really appreciate starting off on the bottom. Knowing what it is to bust. Knowing what it is to clean a kitchen. To host. To serve. You know, all those little things that, you know, make you until you are down the road. A well-rounded restaurateur. Exactly. Prep cook. You know, I love prep cooking. I don't know if anybody doesn't like it, but I mean, put your headphones on, knock out your list, and you're done. So I used to prep cook in the morning during, you know, going to UTSA. Prep cook in the morning. Go home, take a shower, come back and bartend at night. That was my summers. And, uh, you know, you, you make some make some really That's good lucrative. money. That's the way to make do it. Make some great money. You know, I mean, during the year, I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday only, bartend. The rest of the summer, every single day worked. And it was just, uh, I knew that I needed to make enough money for the year. And in this industry, you can pick up a shift anytime you want. You can make Never as much stops. money as you want. Um, it's funny that uh, more people don't take advantage of that, but it was a necessity for me. I didn't have a choice. You know, I needed, I had bills to pay. Yeah. Definitely. And I love how you say it's all about someone not showing up. That's so true. Even in my experience, which I am not even at your level, but it's so true. It's like, hey, this guy didn't show up or this girl didn't show up. You're going to have to bartend tonight. Cool. And in my head, I was like, yes. (laughs) It's almost like football or something. It's like, hey, the number one running back just hurt his knee. Are you ready to play? Yep. Tom Brady. The- Tom Brady. There you, you go. Know, Drew Bretzel went down. Now, the Tom Brady, the GOAT, is the best of all time now. But he just, someone got hurt, and he showed up, and he, he took his opportunity and he performed. And so that's, that's a lot. I mean, in every industry. But you're right. That bartending, the first time bartending experience, you're like, yes. Oh, that's yeah. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in the bar now. And it was, it was really good. And then do with it what you will. You know, work hard, become the best bartender there. So that's, so that's what I did. I've had some back of house experience. Uh, my parents, not my my parents, but my family, my grandparents own restaurants, and I remember starting in the dish pit, 
Then I would do like salad maker slash pizza maker. It got to like saute. It was never that good. But back at house to me, and my brother is a chef, and it's all such a different animal. Such a different animal. But I feel like it's almost more relaxing sometimes. You don't have to, Every day in front of house, you have to put on that face. You have yeah. to put on that. Doesn't matter what mood you're in. Doesn't matter what you just fucking went through. Uh, you got to leave that at the door. Go in. Back at house, sometimes I feel like you can just not saying leave it at the door, but you can still perform. You can get so much done. And that's to me, the most two important positions in a restaurant is the hostess and the dishwasher (laughs) and everything else between is just kind of sandwiched in without either of those people showing up. It's chaotic. It's strange, right? It's like this host can make you and be the best smooth night because she works every night yeah i want to work with her every night because she why is it so smooth with that person but it is dishwasher same thing that person walks out wow what a bad and you never realize how important they are until you got your best have one you got your best line cooks and chefs in the back washing dishes (laughs) you got bartenders washing dishes bar backs owners washing dishes Yeah. yeah Whatever it takes, and yeah, you you will learn to just love those people, and the, and oh, it's it's crazy that love. those two those two uh, positions are so important. It really is. It is. And so, uh, when so you said sixteen was the age you got into it. So it was it was about uh, you know before that the men in my family cooked. My uncle was a chef. My grandfather wasn't a, a chef but he did um a lot of weddings quinceaneras funerals and oh. for for you know it was for him it was it was it was a flattering request like when somebody asked you know uncle joe to come and and do their quinceanera i don't think he ever made a dime i can almost guarantee he didn't make any money but it was kind of back then it was a bartering system like oh you, you work on my truck and and i'll take care of this and That's and we would he would game. go all out he'd make the, the meal he would make the menudo for the after party like it was it was an honor for him to do your wedding or whatever it was um and going to grandpa's house on the weekend was a work as a young child it was like oh here we go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. Was I'm young. I'm gonna get. Uh, oh yeah. It was start of prep. It was start of just learning how to break down animals. We're hunters and all that stuff, and worked on ranches, so we knew how to work carcasses and all that stuff. But, you know, you, you know, as a kid, you don't want to do that on the weekends. You know, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you want to skateboard with your friends. <clears throat> you want to go play outside. Dad would say we're going to we're going to Grandpa's house. You're like, oh shit. And you know, as a young person, you got the shit job. Whatever it was, it can be a whole oh, hog. Yeah. We're shaving the hog to make the chicharrones, like all that kind of stuff that I remember doing as a kid and hating because it was like, oh, it's just a chore. Or making tamales. My grandma, you know, they would, she would make, in two weeks span, she would make 600 dozen tamales. 600 dozen. dozen. And so going to her house, you were one of the processes. Like you were putting the masa or you were filling them, you know, the younger, again. The younger you were, the worse job you exactly, got. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I remember doing that, and I didn't appreciate it then. I didn't know what I was learning, and now those things making a making a great tamale is like, I don't know. It's something nostalgic it's for me. You know, eating that, you're like, yes. There's so that. much time that took to get that. Very laborious, very you know, and a bunch of steps to get to this end process. That's amazing, and I think that's, you know, a lot of people, you know. Cooking's in you. I, I, I really believe that. I really, you know, from a young age, I was the guy. You know, where it was barbecue, it was me. It was doing it. And, and 
it was just something, you know, first it was for the girls. I'll be honest with you. It was like, girls come over, like Caesar's cooking. And my boys, hey, man, girls from, girls from Cal Allen are coming. They yeah. want to eat your food. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm going to get laid. Um, you know, that was young, you know, thinking that. Like, it was just uh, something that. It's amazing because it's was, like a rock star of that. It's like, really cool. Like, <laughs> I never guitar, thought. You guitar, you could barely play like a wagon wheel and then you <laughs> can get laid. But then you make some tamales and you get a dick suck. It's an amazing thing. It's crazy. It was like, you know, you make all this food and it just became, I think, more of it all is, is the just immediate gratification like somebody puts this in their mouth and they're like wow man you see them close their eyes or just like look they're like oh. they, they haven't even finished they haven't even swallowed and they're looking at you like they're just shaking their head like how how did you make this so good and i, I think that i feel that when feels I, uh, me. I feel that with like wine when i get someone a perfect bottle or something and they take a sip or they just smell it before they even take a sip and they go yes. they don't even taste it they mm-hmm. go this is it this is it uh, that's the coolest thing for me and and you know the chef it, thing throwing it, around yeah, and in this industry that immediate gratification that comes from people that you and i we could both in this industry we want people to experience every day yeah. that kind of hospitality that you give people what's more gratifying could you this is a good question could you ever work a nine to five desk job absolutely not i i, I couldn't and I know this because I went to jury duty and I sat there the whole day. I'm like, how do people do this? I mean, physically, like yeah. not, not only kind of mentally and stuff like that, but physically sitting there for that many hours, I was sore for like a week. Like I'm never sitting like, and, and you know, every once in a while I'll sit down to relax, but it's kind of like a reward for a long, hard day on your feet where it's like sitting as your job. I couldn't do it. No. And then. Well, I love this. I love the conversing. I love, you know... Um, the people aspect. That's, that's everything. Because like you said, you grew up with your family. You had your grandpa, your dad, the family members were there mm-hmm. helping. It's a communal thing. Um, I like... That's one thing I love about the industry is the whole communal aspect of it. Uh, do you feel like you've done front of house and back of house... Mm-hmm. And for people who are listening to understand that front of house, obviously, when you walk into a restaurant, the people you see back of house, the people making the food, to tie it together is the most important thing. There are certain personalities that work better in back of house, and there's certain personalities that work great in front of house. You somehow do both very well. You're on the news, you're on videos, but you can also run a kitchen, you can run a bar. How did that all happen? How did you get so versed in all those talents to be able to do both? I think the cooking, like I said earlier, I think the cooking is in, in your soul, in your blood. And, you know, I remember the first time ever cooking, I know it was very simple, but fideo um, at Sangria. So I was like, oh, we're going to do a, every day a different fideo. That's what we're going to do. I was making my first one, which is oh, wow. one of my grandfather's dish. It was just a pork chop fideo. And uh, I was just like crying. I couldn't stop. Because his house, I remember like, I was never, I wasn't classically trained. I wasn't any of that. I, I cook a lot by smell and I cook a lot by just like, okay, this, honestly, it smells yeah. like my grandfather's house. It's ready. And yes. like it's the whole rest when people came in. I, I got there super early making all this stuff because, you know, it was start of a new, a new concept. I was like, I got to get there and make sure I have this down. And, um, man, to, to cook that food was just like, it was, I, and he never taught me. I just paid attention and watched him. And then when it started smelling like his house, like I knew it. And I walked in there looking at me like, you okay? Like, yeah, just, this is my grandfather's house. Takes like, you this back. Is, yeah, it takes me back. And I think that's the beauty of food. 
that it does take you that story, that Ratatouille moment, you know, that moment where you eat that, and you're just like, man, I remember my grandfather. I remember oh, a God. trip to here. I remember going to Mexico City. I remember doing. So I really, you know, I wasn't classically trained like that. So it's a passion more than anything else. Front of the house, it was a means, to be honest with you. I mean, you come, I, went, I came to San Antonio. I literally, like, came, came on a Wednesday. Came to San Antonio from where? From a little town called Banchetti. So it was a country. We were living in the country, close to Corpus Christi. I've never um, heard of that. Little two-way town. You know, uh, we lived like 12 miles from school and country roads. And I learned a lot there because we worked on ranches. We killed animals. We, we slaughtered. We did all that stuff. So that was kind of my school, you know. Yeah. I knew how to do it because it was, yeah. a, it was like a chore for me as a child. We, you know, we took, we guided people out deer hunting and stuff like that. And we, my brother and I say we, my brother and I, my dad. Got all the meat processed for them, ready to go. We're, you know, we're, that's, that was our job. And um, worked in a bunch of ranches. We did the same thing, whole hogs, whole cows. So I learned all that by necessity. Again, coming up to UTSA, I, I worked at a little restaurant back home called Las Palmas in Robstown, Texas. Um, oh, little... <laughs> my God. I got people in Robstown outside of Corpus Christi. Yeah, outside of Corpus Christi. Yeah, I got some friends from Robstown. So was it, what was it called one more it time? It was called Las Palmas. It's not Las there anymore, Palmas. but this lady had a restaurant on 44 and 77. And it was like where all the trailer trucks and any any anybody came. It's not there, it's not there anymore, but she... Yeah. She was busy nonstop because it was like the stop before you went down south or before you went past Corpus. So, man, she was printing money. And I remember I was, I was really young. I, I could take tables, but I couldn't run the drinks to my tables. So, of course, everybody you hates you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. So everybody hated you. It was yeah. like, hey, I, I need this beer to run to my table. They're like, oh, they'll look at you like, come on, kid. Yeah, um, grow up already. Yeah, yeah. so I, I scrub. You know, I remember taking a little section, making some money. Um, I just came from hard work, man. I came from a ranch. Like a lot of working on a ranch is just a lot of things that need to get done that are, that were without saying, like, of course the cows are going to get fed. Of course, you know, all these things that I worked up with these chores, it was just a necessity. So and working that, hard was just innate. That transfers over into the restaurant business perfectly. Easily. I remember she, uh, dish pit needs to be cleaned. This everything. needs to be ran. The expo line needs to be set. Don't think about it. It's not your job. Just, just do has it. To do it, it has to be done. I remember the the first time she comes out and she gave me the bar area, which is not a bar area. It's just like little a cocktail little, section, little, little tables there and stuff like that. And um, she said, you're going to scrub the floors tonight. I'm like, you know, I know as the youngest guy, I know I got the shit job. Like, you know, I've been through this my whole life. Yeah. Cool. So the floors were terrible, like white linoleum, gross, you know. And so I got deck brush and looked around like, man, this is gross. Washed it, bleached it. I mean, I scrubbed the shit. It was like mopping mud after that like squeegeeing mud oh yeah I, and she came out of her office she's like oh my god these floors haven't been like this since we opened oh like, it's well, gotta bring tear to her eyes yeah, something like, I'm like well and I'm I'm drenched in sweat you know oh, yeah. I was in really good shape so I took out my shirt had my little wife beater on just, I was probably oh, yeah. trying to impress a chick that worked there that was way out of my league but anyways <laughs> um, scrubbing <laughs> the floors and it was you know it came out and I was like man and, and that's kind of like I remember like it was just a little more effort than everybody else, but I became a standout. Yeah. Just by scrubbing the floors. Then I got the good section and then I got, you know, she she noticed she noticed that. And I, that's kind of stuck with me my whole life. Like just a little extra effort in this industry or I in an industry. Anything you do definitely just puts you above but everybody I, I else. believe the restaurant industry is much like sports is a meritocracy. And if you do that little extra effort, you're gonna start. If not, you're going to be on the bench. Yep. That, that takes an A1 server to a Monday happy hour bartender to a 
SA that has to work whatever, server assistant. It's a meritocracy. It's about, you know, that work you put in. That's one thing that I always loved about the industry because I grew up, my family had Italian restaurants from 1976 to the early 2000s. So I grew up in the restaurant industry and I love it. And the one thing I always knew was like, you know what, what hourly jobs we talked about earlier, I couldn't do because I can't sit next to someone in a cubicle and I'm doing harder work than them, but they're going to get paid the same. To me, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And to, to this day, doesn't make any sense. You got to put that effort in and you want to get that effort back. And you're right. I remember scrubbing floors before we had job jobs, you know, we, the cousins and I would bust tables and we'd get those Sanja, what do you call them? Sanja, uh, the, 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 the dollar coins, yeah. or whatever. My grandparents would pop us one, but oh, we're rich, yes. you know, <laughs> but it was all for that hard work. And I remember having to take a step down from being like a head server to being a bar back for the first time. And in my head, I felt like I was taking steps back, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep going hard, mopping an entire bar at three something in the morning, cleaning the restrooms, but just knowing that extra hard work eventually gets you that next step. And then when someone else comes in, they have that job. All you can say is keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. The turnover rate in this industry is insane. So, I want to ask you, you are so successful at your restaurants. What is something that keeps, and the people are very loyal to you. What is something that keeps, in, in this industry, because the turnover rate is so high, what is something that you do, do you feel like you do, that keep the people around you still working and pushing for you and believing in your dream? It's funny that I, I think a lot of what we do and, and what I do, and I guess... I love that you said we. It's all, yeah. It is, man. And I, I don't use the word I very much and because I, I couldn't do this by myself. You know, I, there's no way. Even Christ had 12 disciples. It's, it's unbelievable. No one can do anything alone. Any new manager or new chef, I was like, man, I have two hands. It's like, but I have about 60 hands, and now I have 120 hands. And it's, it's what I do with them, and, and I can't do it by myself. So... I think the way I went about this, which going going to get my business degree, you know, and I wanted to go to culinary school. My dad was like, no, I had a, I had a scholarship to UCSA. So like, you're using that. Um, it's funny that you said sports because I had a sports scholarship and I had an academic scholarship. And, of course, the young guy in me is like sports, sports, you know, yeah. powerlifting. I was really, really good at it. And it was like my, my thing. My dad's like, no, your body's going to give out, but your mind won't. That's and, true. And go That's to true. UTSA, I had a full ride. But I wanted to go to culinary school, but I'm glad I had that business background. I'm glad, you know, that I, I learned all the business side. And, and the passion, I think, of the school of culinary and everything I've done on that side is just is always going to be with you. And, and you know, I, I work with chefs now and I, I create food. And honestly, sometimes I'm surprised I, like, I can do. And it's just like, man, I, I really study it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student of it. You know, I really, really do. And you never stop learning. You never stop. Industry. That's the coolest Everything's thing. Everything's always evolving. You're, once you come up with something, I'm like literally done, next. I'm, uh, it's the next thing up. And I'm just yeah. okay. And they're like, aren't you, aren't you tired? I'm like, I'm not tired. And, and you ask, like, why people you know gravitate towards me i think you know i think it's that i treat people extremely well i'm very fair because i've had their job i've done their job at a high level and i try to master every job i take on even if it's a dishwasher and Definitely. i even going in the dishwasher you're like doing it for a few weeks or a week you, i feel like i can i can optimize that job 
Yeah. It's just a dishwasher. You know, oh, you do this and it brings over here a dry go. No, there's a system and we can make this better and they can have better tools or they can have this and that. So doing those jobs, you learn. Everything. Yeah, streamline. Make it just like where these guys are, are working like smarter, not harder, and maybe even enjoying their job a little bit more. Yeah. And I think like that. I think, okay, it's not, you know, if having that front of the house a lot for, for you know, all through college and stuff like that, you, I think you always have a little soft spot for both, you know, and, yeah. um, and understanding like these guys are our rock stars. They're our salesmen. I think it's a very unique, you know, industry that we are production and sales in the same house. Yeah. Like car dealerships don't make cars. No, they're just come in ready they're to go. Them. They just sell them. So understanding the front of the house, understanding that these guys are our, our, our number one guys, they have to sell this product. And then understanding the back where it's like, okay, these guys produce all this great food on a consistent basis and come in and really, really just wow people. See, I, I consider my back of house the rock stars. We have an open kitchen at where I never say on the podcast where I put the water burger at the Pearl that I work at. Uh, we have an open kitchen, and those guys are the rock stars. We have a chef's counter. These guys are killing it on every station. They're doing in-room dining. They're doing the bar food. They're doing the food for the restaurant. They're doing banquets. Yes, we're in the front and we're selling, but these guys, to me, it's insane. Poetry. Poetry. And they take so much pride in it. They take uh, you know all their knives. And what I found out, too, just by talking to a lot of these guys, their inspiration is Japanese cuisine. So they, and I, I can understand the Japanese are perfectionists in everything they do. I mean, we had to drop two bombs on them just to stop a war because they never lost before in the history of their ever, you know? So they're very much perfectionists. And when it comes to the chef's side, if you're not Japanese, they still do it. Even bartenders with the Japanese hard shake and everything. Everything is so precise. Um, they love it. And I have so much respect for that. And they roll out their knife set and they have all this Japanese steel. And they're sink, sink, sink. And when it comes to plating, every little mustard seed that they drop on top of a piece of cornbread, the plating is so precise. And it's, it's doing the simplest things perfect every time is one of the hardest things to possibly do, yeah. I feel like it's almost like playing a simple scale on a guitar, but doing it over and over without stopping and not messing up because your brain will screw Eventually, up here yes. and there. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you was in your career, this this 20 year overnight success over, I guess this is kind of the theme now, you know, the hard work theme. When did you feel like maybe the snowball effect or when did you feel like, oh, my God, like this is happening? This is not just I'm doing it because I love it so much, but all my hard work's paying off. My name's getting recognized. Money's coming in. When did that, when did you get that uh, epiphany? I, I think I live with a healthy fear of failure always, even to this day. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, this could all end tomorrow. We cannot do this. And you know, money, people stop coming in. So I challenge myself to keep, recreating what I do but um, there was a few moments where uh, I worked for Captain Susie Lawton for a long time and, and learned a lot from them and I remember just stories that he would tell me and things that I would learn from him because it's so you know he's had 29 restaurants he's been in the industry 40 something years and um, he would say when, when you get bored it's probably time for you to move on 
And uh, I, was oh, there, wow. I was there, you know, at La Fonda on Main for 12 years and um, um, really helped me hone my skills and do what I do. And I remember one day walking in, we had a wedding in the back, we had a catering going on, um, or maybe backwards on that. Um, we were on a two hour wait and it was just, it was just, it was a machine. It was just rolling. Yeah. And we took that restaurant from it's about, iconic. It, it's iconic restaurant. But, but in saying that we took it from about 1.4 million to 4.5 million. That's great. In my stay. And, and, um, I, I just saw it evolve into this, like in changing a culture is probably the, cha- the most challenging thing you'll ever do. Um, we changed the culture and it was a, it was a us culture and it was a, just a, a team and we're going to kick ass kind of culture. And um, we're walking, standing in there, I'm looking around, and I'm just like, you know, and then he comes up next to me, he's like, everything good? I was like, yeah, he's like, do you need to be here? I'm like, nope. I'm like, we'll go home. You've done it. And um, you got it. You and it was kind of like, you know, it was like, shit, I did. I did. You, you know, did. it was just kind of, you know, it was like that, you know, would I ever get to that place, that point where he said, like when, you're, when you're bored, you need to move on. And um, I was like, you know, not that I was bored. It was just I didn't really have to be you there You accomplished anymore. everything you needed to do in that restaurant. Uh, I built the team. I set up the structure. I, I built the culture. I, you know, everything was done. Everybody had their job and we were rocking. And um, I was like, you know, that was kind of the, uh, like, I need to start doing this for myself. In Sangria, uh, opening up, you know, any restaurant, you just like, oh, you pray people come. And we had, we had the, uh, the luxury of nobody knowing who the hell we were. You know, nobody really knowing who but I was. But it was like almost, it from was. my perspective, it was like overnight, everyone it, it knew was, who you were. It was two weeks of like, oh, shit, what did I do? I just lost, a, I just left a six-figure job. Easy job that I didn't do anything at after at the end I was but, just like but chilling. Bored, but if you're bored, <clears throat> yeah, like it wasn't. Said, it wasn't. It was just it's not like gratifying. It's not. I was happy. It was just like man, I I want more, and I, and I know I'm gonna have to step back, and I'm gonna have to, you know, I literally made cut my salary less than half, you know, and just uh, you know, I was blessed to have a wife that made you know has a good job, and we were doing good. I don't I don't live without. Uh, uh, over my means you know i'm really frugal yeah. and so i just you know i knew it was time to jump off but when you do that and the bills are rolling in and you've paid a few months of rent without income coming in and then you open up and there's nobody coming always in. always going to be in the red in the beginning <sighs> oh yeah um the average lifespan i believe for restaurants three years if you can make it past three years you're good if not can't i feel like though the second y'all opened it was about two weeks yeah so it just like Boom. Everyone knew. It was kind of crazy. And you kind of had this sweet spot, too. My pops is one of the first people to tell me about it because he works at USAA. And he was like, there's this new spot off Fredericksburg called Sangria on the Berg. And my pops doesn't really drink. He drinks a little bit of wine here and there. He doesn't drink. I'm like, well, you go to a place called Sangria. What are you doing? He goes, they got tacos. They got all this. You got to come eat there. Blah, blah, blah. It was insane how quick... Y'all made a name for yourself. It's crazy. Did you have other media, like local? Uh, I mean, did you? I didn't critics come even in? know what Instagram was back then. Like, I didn't have it really. Facebook was just kind of like friends thing. I didn't really. I learned that, and I think again, I'll say this, man, over and over because it's true. I think a lot of things happen because you need it to happen. You know, those the only means I had because I was out of money was social media was free 
and let's get really yeah. good at that. So literally, I watched every YouTube, you know, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you follow oh, him. Love, but, well, he oh created Wine Library. Yeah, and he of did course, a thousand you love episodes him. of Wine uh, Library Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Started watching everything I could on him. Just content, content, content. Um, I sucked at taking pictures. So, SA Foodie. She became a friend, and she's like, and I watch Shout her. Shout out to Foodie. She's I love awesome. her, man. She's amazing. And she, like, watching her taking pictures, I'm like, oh, man, I have it all wrong. And watching the angle she takes and everything. And she's like, Definitely. man, how do you – you've seen her stuff. It's like Oh, yeah. Well, she used beautiful. to be my bartender at Cooter Brown's. Yeah, she's amazing. She's and awesome. Just, yeah, she's and, – and just, you know, watching her. And honestly, paying, paying the fuck attention. That's, yeah. I think – if I have a superpower, I hire well. And I pay attention, and I learn how to do what you do. Every plumber that comes in, I learn what he's doing. Every electrician that comes in, I learn what he's doing. So the I watched her take videos, uh, you know, videos or photos, and I was like, man, yeah, that's how you do it. Oh, it's crazy, and she does it with just like an iPhone. And it's like I have the same phone as yeah. you. How are you getting this? Whatever you, the just pure uh, detail. It's but it's great. And, and that could never happen. I remember growing up working for five fifteen an hour at the time and cameras were non existent. You wouldn't think so. Now we got supercomputers in our hand with cameras better than anything you could ever buy. And this ups the game. And I, people are always like, Why are you taking pictures of your food? Look back in time. People painted pictures of their food. How many paintings of cornucopias <laughs> with apples and shit mm -hmm. falling out of them are there? You know what I mean? It's just people are intrigued by that. I always, I always think about this because I feel like I serve and I feel like serving keeps my ego from going out of control or anything like that because I'm consistently serving people. Uh, it keeps me grounded and balanced. And this, uh, this industry is something that people who work the nine-to-fives, they work in the cubicles, they work in the offices – they are obsessed with though. They spend their money working all week to go dine for two hours what we do every day. And to me, I still think that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you find that interesting? Like when you see people that maybe you went to high school with or you grew up with or even before that maybe in your college days and they come into your restaurant, it's like, what's that kind of feeling? Is that a satisfaction for you? Is it, do you feel like you need to offer more or is it just kind of like another building block? Let's get this next step. Let's get this next step. You know, I think, and I mean, initially it's just overwhelming gratitude for support. Um, starting, you're just like, you hope that this idea that you drew on a piece of paper and, and you just hope this menu would work is actually working. And then you, what was the first menu you ever wrote? I was a very, very first thing. Uh, well, uh, we did a lot of specials at, at La Fonda. So I did a lot of, you know, specials for, we did 12 specials a week for 12, 12 years. 12 specials a week? Yeah, and it was cocktails, it was appetizers. It was just a lot of, I'm sorry, seven specials a week for 12 years. Um, so it was a lot of, a lot of different things. It could have been appetizers, went a co you know, a cocktail. So that was, I got really good at that. And I got really good at, you know, the words Curating and everything. Menu, exactly. And just, the verbiage. And everything make it sexy like you know this sounds that's good now let's make it sexy and let's yeah. make it sellable and let's, let's arrange it right and so the menu signs i i got real quick so we change the menus every every uh like three times a year over there so really understanding moving this over here and just the science behind everything adding a dollar to this taking away a dollar to that and just yeah. making sure that it's uh we're still a value and it's going well and that's uh, you know kudos to, to Kathy and susie long for uh, teaching me that yeah um 
But in you know, the first menu was just this. Okay, I, I want to do some tacos because I remember you know this is you know like we needed another taco restaurant like that's you know, it's the last thing we needed. But to do something different, <clears throat> yeah. There's tacarias everywhere, but sure. sangria is absolutely different. La Fonda and, was iconic, but so tacos. Over the over the top taco, okay. Everything needed a sauce. Everything needed a garnish. It needed to be picture worthy. It needed to be beautiful and well done. The sliders again. I just I did. I was kind of tired of doing Mexican food because I did it for so long, and now I wanted to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. So everything's a vessel. A tortilla is a vessel. A slider bun's a vessel, and we can put whatever we wanted. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want a genre. I want to do Asian today. Cool. I want to do Mexican. Cool, Italian, yes. cool. I can do whatever, whatever I want, and that was a huge part of it. I just wanted to be funky and new. And if you really look at it, my my first menus were very food truck menus. You yeah. know, like, and you can, and I just also wanted like you can, you didn't have to commit to one burger. You can have two different flavors now, and that I thought that was really cool. Like the the, I wanted for some people to come in and you make your plate, and this guy make a different plate, and you're like, no, my plate kicks ass. Yeah, because I created this. But plate. next, that means next time I'm gonna come yeah, in and, and I'm gonna get yours, and, and then recurring yeah, business. Yeah, move it around, and now you can get one of these tacos and one of these sliders, and, and have it where you're, you're you have that that self, you know. You were really happy with the plate that you created. Even though it was our food, you made your own plate special. Yes. So I thought that would be really cool. And um, coming around and, and, and that working and then adding. And now now we push the envelope. We try to do more and different stuff. I told the other guys. And you, you kind of fall in, oh, we can't take that off the menu. It's like, what if we do? And we put something different. Yeah. And we just change. Yeah, there's going to be some people come in like, what's wrong with y'all? Why would you take the best one off? I experienced this because we change our menu weekly. Uh, we do like one or two items a week, and every three months we print a brand new one. But we have three items that, since I've been at the Waterburger at the Pearl that I work at, three items we don't take off. It's like our steak, our quail, and our Brussels sprouts. Besides that, everything else rotates, and my chef will never plate the same thing twice. When halibut comes back in season at the end of April, early May, it won't be the same. It will not be the same. And some people get pissed because they'll yeah. see pictures online and be like, I came I here that. for this. But guess what? I'm like, you wanted that. Guess what? Look at the rest of the menu. <clears throat> you, if you wanted that and that tastes great, you're going to be happy with anything you order right here. What do you want? We can make it happen. You know? I love that. I love the fact that you can come in and, and you know, you might think that you're going to, those people won't come back, but they will. Oh, they because will. Because you're going to, you're opening them, you're, you know, I think a lot of this is about really, you know, educating your, your clientele. It's like, hey, you like that, but try this. This is my next favorite. And that's having great staff that, that says, okay, what did you like? Okay, cool. You like that? I got a winner for you. And, and turn them in the direction to have a really good experience, right? That's, that's what we do with service. Yes. And, um, and. I truly believe that, you know, if you get enough people saying, you got to bring that back, well, bring it back to the next menu. Like, cool. And and then they're like, it becomes, it's back. It becomes a yeah. favorite, <laughs> the becomes, best stuff. It's like yeah. the McRib, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it comes back and it's never really been that good. But it's like, but it's one of those it. things. And yeah. it, it, then they built this, like, <laughs> like engineered this damn like need for it it's so funny and um but i think people like that when you bring that back oh you know what i'm gonna gonna tell chef we liked it and um we we were talking about the front of house back house thing earlier and and i think very few people 
you know, I love talking to people. There's a lot of chefs that, hey, go talk to them. I'm like, no. Like, that's my that. thing. And I I'm lucky because I did work for the house. And it's very natural. Yeah, you're a very personal person. And it's, it's, I love it. And coming from the back, cooking the food or designing it, come back up here, then you could talk to them about it. Maybe they're not happy. Cool, I'll make something for you. We'll, we'll go, we'll make it right. Or just come out because people love what you do. That's, and I guess I'm lucky that it, it feeds me, man. I love that part of it. Yeah. Um, it's gratifying on another level. And the back of the house for me is a lot of designing and then teaching and then and then make sure it's executed. Um, you know, when you're the, building a team, what are like the top three things you look for when you're building a team? Um, back back of house and or front of house. I look for necessity. Yeah. Necessity. I think you don't need me. I know that's kind of weird, but if if you have. Uh, you know, some bills and you have some things like, oh, I just want to do this for extra money. Probably not a good hire. You know, Um, I have two kids at home and uh, I have a mortgage and, you know, I need to work. I like that guy. I like that girl. It's like, you know, you know, because some me, you know, in our industry, like people have quit for a concert. Literally said, I want to go to this concert. Like, hey, I need you on Saturday. And they just quit. Like, wow, it's just a concert. But that's kind of the mentality. And that's because where they're where their priorities yeah. lie on that. They live home with the mom and dad. They don't really don't really need money. They want money. Yeah. Um, well, if if you hire like that, it's really hard to to have people that are going to be down when things get hard. You know, be down to work and, and do. So if if I need the money and they need the money and I need them, that's a that's a good marriage. That's a good partnership. Look at that. Obviously, I really look at where they worked before and how long they worked there. I think longevity. I think you know um, having a you know. <laughs> years experience at some place and where did they work there's a lot of places that don't train well and there's a lot of places that when they work at that restaurant i know they've been through i know they understand fifo i know they understand all hands at all hands in all hands out. out i know i know they have a really really good pedigree i know they have something that i'm gonna i'm gonna shape i don't have to build um, and that's not always true either but i've i found that you look where they work and you're like oh man they work there and then um, if they've worked there for a long time, I don't think I'm going to change people. I really don't. I, I tell all my GMs. I don't GMs, think you could change. Most they, people don't change. They're set in their ways. Yeah, they're but set. You, they just, but you're right. There's that pedigree. There is certain. I'll say this. When I worked for Yard House, before it was owned by Darden, that was one of the hardest menus to learn and trainings I've ever been through. And I give it up to that place. I don't know how they run now. I don't know how Darden runs it now, but back then they, they shaped you and they molded you. And when I left yard house, everyone else was like, Oh, you already know this. You already know that. And I'm like, this is child's play. And that kind of helped move myself up. And then I worked for certain bartenders too, that had such high expectations, no wasted movement. Like, why are you pouring with that hand? You could use both. Why are you not stirring with this while you're pouring with that? Why are you not pulling that ticket and doing that? Why are you not getting the money here? And, and it's all those little Steps. small things that build up. And I've never been in the position to hire. You know, I've been in the position where I had to train, mm-hmm. but I've never been in the position to hire. So the pedigree helps. The background helps. Uh, ne- necessity. Just pure necessity. Do they need you? 
like, do they really need this job or do they just want it? I, I know that's really like diving in deep, but um, I think that's huge. I mean, I, I you know, I looked at people. I was like, have you eaten here? Well, no. Yeah. What do you I know think about you the chef? Should. What do you know about the menu? I think you should. Do you know anything about me? Do you know anything about it? And do they come in like, man, I followed you here, I followed you. Like they've done some research. They put a little effort in. And it's sad that it's just a little bit of effort. But have you dined at our restaurant? Yeah. And if it's no, there's there's very slim chance of you having at least, you know, come in and said, yes, I want to work here. Like, how do you know if we're good? Yeah. Like, you're going to invest a lot of time into us. And we're going to invest family. a lot of time with you. I mean, in the restaurant yeah. industry, I'm going to see you more, more than I see my wife. Exactly. You're going to spend more time in the restaurant than you are your family. Like, the servers and the chefs and the people I work with, I spend more time with yep. them than I do with my own family. But then when you do have days off, and thank you for spending time with me this morning sure. right now to do this because... It's one of my days off. It's one of your days off, and it's back to the grind tomorrow. Yep. And it's back to the grind an hour or two for you. I know. <laughs> I know how it is, too. Uh, for you, I, I, I can't even imagine. How do you balance sangria as your baby? Oh, yeah. How do you balance? When does your work day start? Um, I'm, my goal is to wake up at 5. I've been trying to get up earlier and work out in the morning just because it's uh, – it, it's just really good for you. Um, and, and it's hard because like during, during the four or five. Well, because the rest of the day is kind of crazy. Like yesterday I tried, I got out around maybe one or so. I said, I'm going to work out before I pick up my daughter. Something happened. A guy came in for a pop-up. We started talking about that. And there goes that hour. And then, okay, I got to go get my daughter. I'll drop him off. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go work out now. And so, but I have, the specials are coming out at Sangria, so I want to go take pictures, want to work them through it, I want to give them, you know, opinion, look at everything. There goes that hour. Then we had a pop up at ABC, so we have a chefs come in and do pop up. So I was like, Alamo well, Biscuit Company, Alamo Biscuit San Company, Antonio, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, on a Hebner Road. Um, we have pop ups, so we have chefs come in and do their thing, do their menus, and kind of you know beta their idea. Um, so I had to go say hi to him. I had to go to this chef and maybe, and he had a lot of questions for me. So I try to mentor all these, these younger chefs that are doing their thing. And, um, and then by the time you know it, it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, fuck, what happened? And this is real. What happens every day? Yeah. And I w woke up this morning to come here. It's like, oh, I'm gonna work out first. I had to send out two catering, um, um, proposals. Like I had this, all this stuff. And then John, you know, my partner called me and then I needed to post for all the restaurants that I was doing out there. There's a timeline for posting and I handle all my social. So and I probably need to give that up, but I just don't know anybody that's better than me. So fuck them. Um, <laughs> one day, one day I'll find yeah. someone that really, but I just, I know the times on that. And I, I really, I tell you like that made me knowing, understanding social, like really made me. Helps. What time so to important. post something yes. and they're going to see it? What time yep. at night? Don't post something at four in the afternoon when people are in traffic. They ain't going to see that. Yep. And yeah. algorithms, like learning all those things yeah. and doing the hashtags. And, and that's just, it's, oh, it's, it's real. Are like crazy. You have to do these things. And I have people like, oh, I didn't see the special till 10 o'clock. And it's kind of my fault. I posted a little too late. And, and beauty of it, I see people look at it. I see them say, hey, Sandy, let's go here for lunch. And then I see them walk in. That's unbelievable marketing. Yeah. So it's a beautiful picture. It's posting at the right time. It's uh, maybe saying the right words and doing all these fun things. And then I see the guests walk in. And I see them walking with four that's, people. That's unbelievable. completion and that makes you feel great. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's what I do. And I know I need to do that in the morning. And then I send out to do proposals, which I write. And they're a wedding, so I, I, they have to be awesome. And so um, I'm 
then I, well, I didn't have time to work out. So I took a shower and came here. So the goal, it's just a lot of things I need to fit in and, and um, I need to get done every day. That's just, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and opening another restaurant, we're, we're doing, working on that as well. So getting all the, pa- the paperwork and financial and, and everything done for that, it's uh, it's, it's so not crazy. enough time. In the not, day. It's not. They're really not. And, and um, you need thirty. And so if I days. get the workout in at four <laughs> in the morning, or five or if I, or at least five to six in the morning, I can. I, that's out of my day because it really does. I've learned a lot too about myself that really helps me like handle the stress and not break down and, and feeling healthy and feeling good. And, yeah. um, now, you know, I read a lot too. I read, a, I read a ton or if I don't read it, I listen to it or, you know, yeah. um, Robin Sharma, if you've ever read anything by him, but it's really, he does really good stuff. Um, and he's a 5am club basically. And, uh, reading all this. So now I get, you know, every two weeks I get a massage and I really try to take care of myself better. Yes. I'm, I'm, you know, even talking financial advice, like I'm, I'm more important than I've ever been. You know, my if, if something happened to me, my wife would take on this burden that I built for myself, and yeah. financially and just health wise, I'm really trying to take care, better care of myself. So I need to get it in. Yeah, five o'clock is probably the smartest time to get it in in my in my my day. You called the five a.m. club. It's called the five a.m. club. The book. I would read the book instead of listen to it. It's not a very good listen. Okay. I'm really big on voices. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you can't stand, but, um, but just a lot of his. Um, I don't uh, know how people his can YouTube. stand mine half the time. Thank God it's just too. over three thousand listeners. No, they, they have God. a good voice, man. It's easy to listen to, but it's it's There's a lot of whiskey and cigarettes and uh, hard times. But they got this. Voice. I think we can feel that. I think we appreciate that. Oh, um, I think you know. Also, you talk about you know. How my how my my staff, you know, stays with me. I think I'm very relatable. You are. I think I go through very, a very lot of stuff. To a, you like you said, you've done everything in the restaurant, so you you could talk to your dishwasher, you could talk to your prep cook, you could talk to your bartender, you could talk to your server, and they can relate to you. I think that's how you build trust with them. Mm-hmm. I care about them. If that's yeah. not if I, I I dumb it down to I think things are very simple. I care about the product I put out. I care about the service I put out, and I care about the guests. You know, meeting their expectations, exceeding their expectations. Our, our guests, our servers, our staff in general. I care about them. Yeah. I call them. You know, I make sure they're doing good. I stop by. So you know, it's. Uh, I really do care about if they're doing well. If they have their a problem, call me. Yeah. Just physical help. Take care of yourself. I mean, I try. You know, we've all. You know. I've been through alcoholism. I've been through all that stuff. Like, hey, you need some help? Talk to me. Call me. You know, yeah. like, like, help me. Like, I'll help you out. Not you help me out. Yeah, no, because it's real, man. It's str- dealing yeah. with this stress has been like. Well, in the service industry, drug and alcohol abuse is rampant. Very. And it just, some people <clears throat> think it's part of the gig, but I'll bring you down too. I've uh, found that talking about it with different people I, I oh we're lawyers we drink a lot oh, we're, we're doctors we drink a lot we're nurses we drink, I think yeah. everybody drinks a lot yeah. I think it's like it's in the human genome do you get out not many of them get out at 10 11 at night and close down a bar and just live this cycle they can get out at four or five and have a drink or two and then go home and more you know they're still gonna have a drink but it's Watch not they're Disney not yeah Plus it doesn't get then, out of hand because yeah. we get out at late we eat late we you know all these really unhealthy oh, yeah. unhealthy things that are in our industry are, this is something i wanted to ask you earlier too sure. how many meals have you eaten standing up all the time i kind of prefer With that 90 percent of your meals you yeah, would say easily yeah yeah, and now it's especially being at, at Alamo Biscuit Company, 
and cooking on the line more than I've ever cooked. And really, because I had to, again, necessity. They needed me. I needed to get get in there and really um, get those skills back. Because it's, been a, it's been a long time. Chef, Chef Ted? Teddy? Teddy helps me. And then I have Chef Misty. Um, okay, she, helps me, yeah. she helps me as well. And Teddy's been... You know, he's awesome, man. I, I, I'm surrounded by a lot of awesome people. Yeah, yeah I know he's blowing you. up as well. Yeah. And I know we have, God, we have less than, we have, we have about 13 minutes okay. left. Um, I was very blessed to go to the Yelp review review. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was one of the coolest ideas. So now most of you people that are listening, maybe you do this in the cities that you're listening from, but in San Antonio, Texas, it was kind of a new idea where a lot of local chefs got together and they got their worst Yelp reviews and they called it a night of poetry and jazz. I was intrigued off the rip. I, I was you. intrigued off the rip. I wanted to promote it. I wanted to make this thing happen. Uh, only thing next time I want to run the sound. But besides that. I hope you do. I will do it for free. Give me a $20 bar tab and a pizza. I'm going to be happy. I'll run the sound for free. But um, they all got up. And it was all these local San Antonio, Texas restaurants, and they would read their Yelp reviews, but it was humbling, but it was very industry driven so people could laugh at it. But it was also, you know, it wasn't like just shit talking people because those are your customers. Sure. But also the effort some people put in, the people they get off at four. and have their glass of wine and watch their Disney Plus and they're in bed by whatever, you know. <laughs> I thought that was the first time I've ever seen in San Antonio. Um, you you went up there. You had multiple. You had a pretty good run up there. Yeah. Uh, how did that all come together with the people? And this happened at a place called Lucy Cooper's. Go check it out. They have a great menu, a very obscure menu, but it's awesome. There's a little bit of everything. Get the clothesline bacon. It is yes. some next level pork belly millionaires bacon some people would call it the brown sugar i i thought it was apple butter but it was a peach marmalade dipping sauce it was some great stuff lucy cooper's and they had a jazz band playing in the back and these chefs took turns like an open mic reading the worst yelp reviews they ever had how did that all what was the inception of that we have a bunch of chef slash restaurant owner chats and i'm you know probably in too many of them but we i don't even know how the, i don't even know sorry we just somebody like posted one of their shitty reviews and like uh you know, that ain't shit i have a better one like, uh, and then someone else you know check this one out guys and we're like you know one just bullshit reviews and we're yeah. like no and then um i said we should do this and um um brian west is like that would be a lot of fun wouldn't it you think we can do it? I was like, yeah, we can do it. Like, why Why could we not? And then he's like, well, there's a lot of things to it. And it's like, look, if you start, I get as many people as possible. Because mm -hmm. I think, I know a lot of us, you know, I read four, but there's there's tons of them out there. And some that really work on this, like it's, they make it their, their hobby yeah. to go out and just. When I was listening to someone, I was like, are you just like a, a creative writer working on some shit like right now? Like, seriously? Yes. One of them was like, um, son of a bitch. The, the name of it was like, like the pasta fucking PSD or something like that. It was ridiculous in these people. One of them was like 18 pages long. Yep. How, I, I look at it and I look at some people just wanting to keep their Yelp status because you have to post so often to be elite. You have to post, you know. You have to. You have to make it basically a job of yours. Um, so going out and I, I really 
they go out just because you know i i think it's it's what they get from people responding you know that that yeah. you know that uh that feeling when people like your shit you know and yeah. Go, oh yeah i thought that too and they just get a high off of it man it's a it's dopamine an thing yeah it's a dopamine like, thing like oh yeah. look how many people it's like chick posting a picture of her in a bikini She's checking how many likes she gets every 30 yeah. seconds because every it just makes like you feel good, ass, you know? It, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, man. that you know. And the same thing with, with these reviews. They get a bunch of the bad ones that are really juicy. They get a lot of content, and they just feel better about themselves. They don't true. realize that these people might be having trouble paying rent, you know, that they, yeah. they, might, they might be, you know, they need people to come in. So basically you're telling the public not to go give them money for yeah. what they do. Man, that hurts, you know, especially when you're just trying to there's there's I don't care who you are in this industry, by the way. Restaurants, they go through times where you're trying to pay rent. You're yeah. just you're not making money. And there's there's the seasons for all of us. And we know it's coming and we know it where it is. And um, we are just trying to pay the rent at that point. Pay yeah. our employees, keep our employees, you know, staff, give them hours, make sure everybody makes money pockets. and just keep pay your rent. employees there and pay rent. So I don't think they realize that the power of their words, you know, the power of how well, negative it could be. It's also crazy how the mainstream too, like something like KSAT will punt something out. Yep. I don't want to name names on this one. But yeah, there was I know. a post that I saw from a very popular Chinese restaurant and they were blew them up just in the title, blew them up. And it pissed me off because this woman runs a very successful... I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, and she's she's awesome. Amazing. And the fact someone would do that and then to make it a headliner, is there other things you can post about? You have to do that because they're popular, because they get people... Clickbait. Exactly. It's all it is. But they do that at the expense of everyone that works in that place. You don't realize that there's there's 30, 50 people that work there that that their livelihoods or their rent needs to be paid. And not just the business, but all of them. So their business goes down. Guess what? All of them lose money yep. because it has to come from somewhere. You know, and you know, another one, there was, you know, we were at one of the restaurants we worked in, the dirtiest restaurants in the city because we got an 80. We got less than an 86 on our on our health department score. And it was a couple things, very easy, fixed on site things, nothing that was going to help, yes. you know, hurt anybody. But the news broke on it. You didn't have a margarita no. maker or whatever. Yeah. It's silly stuff that we fixed immediately. And, and it was like um, anything in their eyes, anything under an 86 or 87 is considered on the dirtiest in the city list. Well, who makes that number up? I don't know. I don't know. Go, go do that to your grandma's kitchen. Yeah. Anywhere. What would your, go your own kitchen, kitchen right now. Did? Go home and do yeah. it. And you know, sweet Jesus, my cast iron's dirty. I haven't even deglazed it from last night. It's it's stuff like that where they come in and and they front page news, front of the restaurant. I mean, huge front page, dirtiest uh, restaurants in the city. Um, not fair at all. And it was because it was the oldest iconic restaurant that everybody loved, and it would get a lot of clicks. And oh my god, yeah, we survived. You know, people that come in there, they see it, and and but you guess know, what? All that's good. That's good attention yeah. doesn't matter that's marketing it's rough i mean it, it sucks reading yeah. it i mean there's a point especially when i started my podcast and putting myself out there i didn't think i would even get 100 views and in the first 10 episodes i already had over 5000 some of the i just had to stop listening to comments i mm -hmm. i rarely read any of my messages cuz i know oh you said this because of this and this and it's like no you're not getting it 
Sometimes you just got to shut that out and just keep doing you. Obviously, you're doing that because it's working for you. It's hard. I'll be honest with you. You read the reviews because and you, you read so everything. Because you put so much time oh, yeah. and love into it. It's your heart on that plate, man. Yeah. And that's what I thought was so great about the Yelp review. Review was, And I hope you all are doing it another We're doing it again, for sure. Okay. Definitely get me Early on the sound year. on that. I swear to God. Yeah, that I'll, was really bad. I'll run bad. the sound for free. We'll run that. We'll run that sound. No, the sound the- wasn't bad, but I don't think people expected how many the turnout. Yeah, I couldn't find parking. It was nuts. And I showed up on time, and I couldn't find parking. So I know there's a need, and the industry wants this to for happen. Sure. So this needs to happen again. It'll happen again for sure. We're, we're and I think we'll have more chefs come out, and I think it'll be a bigger thing. And um, definitely get you involved and, and make sure you know we're there. Um, but it was just it was just one of those nights we can you know have fun with each other. We're not cooking, none of us. We're just out there seeing each other, maybe having a drink, and just just sometimes we're just in passing. And we're a big community. It's a, it's a little it's you know big city, it's small a big town. Little, yeah, you know, and I just. We've seen everybody. Like Chefs that. are great. We all have this this bond, and, and just to see each other and have something to do that's fun was really cool as well. So the fraternity kind of came together. Not everybody came, but I think uh, as they see more and more, and I'd love to. There's a lot of there's a lot of reviews out there, so it's endless content for it sure. It is endless content. Love it. Oh man, so I know you got to keep going. We're we're about to knock out this hour right here. Uh, I want everyone to know. This is San Antonio, Texas. Please check out Sangria on the Berg. This has been Caesars of Potter right now. Anything coming up, new places you're opening, places that you're working at, any specials going on, let's plug them, baby. Oh, let's, let's go. Um, well, Alamo Bixit Company. It's on Hebrew, 9630 um, Hebner Road. It is a brunch place, breakfast and lunch. Uh, it's a venue at night, so we're doing catering out of there. So we'll be open there. Sangria will do the catering. Um, a lot of people don't know we do a lot of catering. And we I didn't do know that myself. I weddings are like my thing. They're fun. Oh, uh, and we yeah. like doing the funky weddings that want like the live taco station and not your grandma's yeah. wedding at all. But it, uh, we have a bacon bar. We have like really, really cool stuff. That a bacon bar. I love doing that stuff. That's my kind of thing. Yeah. Hold they, up. Can you just like, okay, can you so explain bacon the bacon was hanging, bar? Kind of like Lucy Cooper's, but we had a sweet side and a savory side. So the savory side, you know, had a bunch of salsas and dipping sauces that were spicy. And then on this side, it was all kind of jams and, and honeys yeah. and all this stuff. So basically you take it off, dip it in. It's all skewered and grilled. Dip it in there. It was a bacon bar. And it was just a, that was the groom. Basically, that was a groom's cake. That's what he wanted. Oh, he wanted a bacon I bar. I love this guy. So I don't know who the hell he is, it was, you know, doing guy. fun stuff like that. I like doing weddings like that where they're like, hey, we did one that was she was Asian. He was Mexican put them together yeah and that's how i started Some doing the, the bows so good stuff and we did the bows and they had a little touch of each of their cultures and every one of these that i do i learn and i become a better chef and i become better at what i do so i might have known anything and i made my first bulgogi and i was like yes yeah this is amazing and so i take it as an opportunity I'm, I'll say yes before I even know what the hell I'm doing, and I'll figure it out, and it kicks ass. I so love that. That's what I that's what I really enjoy doing. So catering out of there, um, catering in general, it's just it's just it's a huge part of any business. And they any, want to find you at Sangria. Where, where Sang, is Sangria? Catering at Sangria on the Bird. That's our email. At Sangria on the uh, Erica is, is uh, ahead of that, so she she does it for both restaurants and make sure that we get as many um, we can touch as many people as possible. Box lunches. Again, I will say no. It's nothing. 
if you want if you want you have an idea um i wouldn't say we're you know we're not your your five dollar foot long like i'm gonna make a really good smoked mushroom you know wrap with the yeah. basil aioli well, and kill really kill it for. yeah it's gonna be beautiful and you know more of your 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 higher end stuff which i would like to and when i say higher end it's like 10 to 12 uh which just what i want to do with lunches like that dinner I want to cater to a really, really nice crowd. And um, I do home, you know, small ones where we have like 20 or 30 people there where nice. we do a cooking Very demonstration. Teddy and I did one, uh, and it was really cool. We actually talked to every step of the – every course of the meal and why we did it and how we did it. And it was kind of a cooking demo plus dinner. Yeah. Um, those are fun. Those are – those are. I love doing those things. Yeah, we have and dinners like that where I work at as well. And so cool. And the chefs come in every course, and they'll talk about it. That's awesome. I like doing that. Uh, next up is Whiskey Rose. Um, that's our pizza and pie joint that's opening up on, on Hebner as well. Um, and then I'm going to chill out for a little while, uh, for a couple <laughs> years. I do have an, I, uh, we hopefully will put a, one of the restaurants on campus at UTSA. Um, alumni, it's, uh, it was kind of, they, they approached me about it. Um, but they have to win the bid and get all that stuff done before we put one on campus. All the politics so, on that. Yeah. All the things that I'm not part of, and then we can go slang some pizza on campus. So that's what I want to do. I love that. So um, other than that, I'm trying to, you know, stay married, take care of my kids, <laughs> yeah. um, and just really, like you talk about the time, really make sure that I prioritize my time and get it all done and stay healthy. And that's kind of, I know it's a weird focus, but that's no, you got really, to. really you my got focus to. right now. Taking one, care of everything um, and two, putting two, enough two. time into Sangria and putting enough time into ABC and then Whiskey Rose and, you know, um, everybody that I'm bringing up with me, just giving those opportunities. I, I didn't talk about this much, but employing people is awesome. I think, you know, it's funny, like making food is great and I really enjoy that, but employing people has probably become my, my favorite thing. And seeing people grow and seeing people become managers and leaders and, you know, head chefs. Started and, from the bottom. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. You see people like, you know, come in, they didn't, they couldn't fry an egg. And now they're running a kitchen. And it's like, wow. And and and, and, and on, leaning on me for that that knowledge and just becoming that teacher that, that I need to be is, uh, you know, handling all that has been challenging. But I guess, man, it's just like food. I created this team. Like, yeah. And I put up Sangria, you know, you know, ABC will get there. It takes time. It takes like a year or Definitely. two to get this team. But like Sangria can slang in the kitchen with anybody. I don't care what chef you are. I don't care who you are. Like we'll I'll go in the kitchen that. and rock. And any cuisine you want too. like done. We got it. And it's been. I've seen fact- y'all do like banh mi uh, tacos. I've seen y'all do all, all kinds kind of stuff. It's yeah. cool. And, you know. Um, that creativity though. You have to have that creativity in you. Have to. And that. They know me, and they know that I'm going to push the envelope, so now they've started pushing the envelope before. So I've, I've taught that. I've taught that, like, I'm not going to shoot you down. I'm going to, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm the bumpers on the bowling alley, right? I'm just here to keep you going yeah. straight. And, um, you know, and also, is it marketable? Is it, is it sexy? Is it, is it, is it you know, Instagrammable? Is it all those things that needs to be to sell? Cause it's not just about the food anymore. It's, is that everything it needs to sell it and there's something like it's not gonna sell but yeah. like it's all brown that's honest. it's all brown you that's know honest, though. yeah it's honestly and it's like you know and 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 there's also those things that will surprise you like fried chicken on monday at abc Chi-chi's. Oh, chichi's dude chicken i mean it, it's certain things that still draw a crowd 
I love fried chicken. I'll, does fall, it. I'll go shout out Chi-Chi's Hot Chicken. I'll I'll follow that. I, What's I, up, Caleb? Yeah, I ran into that dude at El Bujo one day, and I've been going to him anywhere he pops up ever since. He's a great guy, and that's through pop-ups for me, like meeting yeah. this whole next level of chefs that are these young dudes that are hungry that say, hey, I got this menu. Do you mind if I try it? It's like, come in. Teaching them that it's not about money. It's about establishing yourself, which Sangria was for me. is branding. I didn't make money for a long time, but we branded the hell out of ourselves, Did. and now we are. Teaching them, watching Caleb become up into this brand. He's going to be – dude, that – Restaurant can be in any city. It can be like like what? I think he does like one the of those whole chicken. travel thing though. I think he does like the pop up thing. Yeah. Oh, he, that's all. I can't that's speak basically for him, but I'm saying I think he loves that. But God, if he had a solid spot, oh, he's at shenanigans now, every day. Oh, nice. He's at shenanigans now every day. So he'll. He, I think he's lunch and dinner over there. But he's just um, again these young kids that are that are young, inexperienced. Um, little lazy, like I gotta. Hey, let's go, bro. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's, this is what you do. Your ticket tick time's gonna be between this and this. Like you, one thing before we end. I think you really become successful when your restaurant's full and you don't know one person. We talked about friends supporting you and all that stuff and yeah. coming out. And you need that to start with. You need that support. You need those those shares and likes and follows. You need all that stuff. But when you really, you know, talking about sangria moment for me is when the place was packed and I didn't know one person. That's a God, that's successful. Feeling. Like that's when I was like, oh shit, we're going to make it. You yeah. know, that was my, my aha moment. Like, wow, man, I think this is. You know, my friends aren't coming anyway. They're still coming, but they're not just coming no. religiously where they're still yeah, coming once yeah. in a while. But it was like, and now they're like, dude, we can't even get in there. Like, that's yeah. why we don't go. And that's Ass awesome. And seats is one of the most things. And once you have, you, you need can't it. even get people in, that's a beautiful thing. So teaching Caleb, teaches that, hey, man, ticket time's going to be between this and this. And your friends that are come every day are, are, are going to stop coming. And is the, is the general public going to be okay with 30-minute ticket times for chicken strips? Nope fix it let's go and i'll help you minutes. i'll help you let's get it let's go and then just and you know that's what i'm really good at systems get it in place is we, we gotta go fix it or get it out you know yeah um and if chicken's your game you better get it out <laughs> you, know? you better fix the problem yeah. and make sure that it gets out in this time but uh he's getting it but him and smackerels kayla uh keenan um doing all these young chefs that are that are hungry that don't know it that i can have a chance to mentor um has been really cool and working with them in the kitchen and say hey why don't why don't you move this over here like, yeah oh yeah no shit right something like, so simple like setting up a well right yeah in like a bar. put like, some chicken here and some chicken here let's put another fryer right here and oh i didn't think about that like dude let's go fix problems let's go yeah that, that's that's um, a huge part of my success. And, and you know, also, I'll, I'll go back to hiring extremely well. Hiring, you know, sticking with, with Gary, my GM, over at the Sangria 15 years now together. Um, Julio Sanchez, 13 years now. He's my executive chef. And um, they're not perfect, but they're mine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're all not They're going to ride or die. Yeah, and we same thing with them. I have their back, and, and we have this culture there that's just like, and I'm just all by me hiring extremely well. Uh, my partner, you know, I do think it helps that you're so personable too. you. You can get that. I've known chefs that are just so back at house. They don't have that mentality of front of house. They can't hire. They can't hire. They don't understand. I think that's why I'm why I'm good, man, is I know the front and I know that I'm not stuck in my head. Like if it doesn't no. work, scratch it real quick, thin skin, move on. Yeah. 
short memory. Like, I'm not going to be, I'm sorry. I know we're over. <laughs> no, no, we, we can keep going. I'm I not going to be one this last question to ask you. Though. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to be the chef that like, it has to be this way because my, it's my food and I'm Pierre and they're going to come to my restaurant cause I'm a French chef. Like, fuck you. Yeah. They're not going to come and they're going to come there, have it. And they're going to say, well, this is too spicy. Like that's the way my dish is like, Get over yourself. Yeah. Make it less spicy. Make it better for the general public. They're the ones that are going to be. They're the they're ones gonna, paying your bills. They're paying the bills. Those are they're the boss, man. So, yeah. if, like, nope, that's how my family made it. It's always that spicy. It's like, well, well if you can't evolve, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. And that's how die. we stay. Like you see the specials. I mean, more than relevant, y'all always stay top. We have to, and it's, that's part of my game. I feel like that's my job. My job at this point is okay. We're going cool. Shake it up. And I know sometimes I'm a pain in the ass and the chefs are like, dude, you're crazy, man. Why would you do that? It's like, because I have a feeling it's going to work. And I've, you know, all those specials at, at, at La Fonda, I learned every time we do a special and it would tank. I'm like, fuck, okay. That didn't work. Even though I thought it was a home run, I thought it was perfect. The yeah. Republic spoke. They yeah. spoke and they didn't buy it it's for a reason. Maybe it was mistitled. Maybe the wording was bad. Maybe it was it wasn't represented right. Maybe the servers didn't get it. They hated it. There's a lot of things, right? That go well, into simple making simple things this. like calling something a biscuit instead of a cake. Just change the word from biscuit to cake. Like a very French pastry yeah. chef, and he likes to use verbiage and adjectives that just doesn't work. But if you word it right, it's the same damn thing. You just word it in a different way. You're set. And you're in San Antonio. Yes. And I hate to say this. I hate, but it's true. We are not advanced in the food and drink game where I can do a special, let's say 1919. Like we probably like it. I can really appreciate what they do in drinks. You know, they're, they're creative. I like the fact they have $3 Jameson. That's cool. That's cool. But you know, some of their stuff, we read it and we're very educated. So we're like, okay. That's How many that people in San Antonio good. know what Boulevardiers are? You don't know any of that stuff. If if you I'm know, if I'm googling some of the ingredients, that means ninety five percent of the people don't know it. Yeah. Like, and I feel like I know a lot. And if I'm piecing together this drink and I feel stupid asking a question, and I'm like, hey, what what is this? They're not gonna order it. I think San Antonio's yeah. like, you know, we like our oh, margaritas. God. I feel like we, in the last year, I had to educate people what Bronzino was. Mm-hmm. Sweet Jesus, just simple things like that. What's the tar? Wine. Oh, wine. Even wine. Okay, yeah. But we're we're not that advanced in that stuff. We're we're just not the. But we also love having six dollars in your pocket, going to a taqueria and having a full Mm -hmm. meal. Yep. But now we're getting taste buds to where like we want more than that. We want more than that. Just than pastor tacos, you know. Yep. Uh, And this kind of ties in. My last question I wanted to ask you: If you were on death row, for Creating the dopest restaurants ever. And your your last meal. And I I'll I'll give you mine because my my favorite protein is duck. I love duck. I love duck breast. Thighs all right. I do like dark meat. I love parsnips more than carrots. I love apple butter. I love duck breast. And then I would my my meal on death row would probably be a slow cooked duck breast with apple butter, some parsnips, and then for dessert, my grandmother's uh, banana pudding with the wafers and everything that would be my last meal what would your last meal be wow I know I didn't prep you for this one no you didn't oh <laughs> man and it's funny you said you know Japanese and like kind of Asian cuisine and chefs I think that 
I think that really our palates are so big that the 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 strength and the flavors in Asian cuisine really help. Like that's what we want. Like salivate. Like yes, I want that salty and spicy everything. Oh yeah. Brian. Asian food, oh man, is probably is probably one of my favorite things. Um, man, I'm all over the place on this. I really love seafood. Well, I also like the simplicity of things. So I think a really, really, you know, just a sushi spread that this with the most amazing fish ever, like fish that a perfectly cost, fresh yeah, boat that comes on with all this amazing fish. Um, that would probably be, and then you know, just some spicy ass, you know. Um, Different sauces and and things little that sriracha, I can, yeah little, exactly little, little ponzu and little you know have ponzu. them and have this, you know, them just kind of have a bunch of little spicy elements everywhere. Like, I think fish. I don't know. It's it's one of the, the you don't even cook it. It's just it's just amazing. Yeah. Brought in from I love fish. Hawaii, I love owning obviously. fish. I love fishing for fish. I love eating fish. And that's probably my number one because I can make a lot of flavors. I think things have changed with me a lot. You know, even a steakhouse like doesn't do it for me anymore. It's like a great steak, you cook it, but these these sauces and, the, and you don't want to put a sauce in a steak, right? Salt and pepper. Like you want to, you know, butter, some butter, yeah. and that that's it. But these like seafood, you can have some a lot of fun with. So I think that would be it. That'd be it. Uh, desserts, man. I'm I'm a I'm not a huge dessert person, um, but just a really solid cheesecake, man. Like I just, Ooh. I just. And probably nothing on it, like just, just a an plain, amazing plain per, cheesecake would was not too be my thing. not too thick, not too fluffy, just, just fresh, like just amazing. That's probably my, my number one. Um, yeah, love that's that. It. So some awesome a, a, a badass sushi spread, sashimi yep. and nigiri style. That's it. Just amazing and then fish. A nice cheesecake at the end. Yep. What would you accompany it to drink? Oh man! It, I mean, doesn't I, even I'm have. A, no. I'm a, you know, I think when you know, it could be horchata, it, it could be wine, it could be whatever the hell. No man, so I mean, if you're gonna do sushi, it's 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 sake bombs, man. You gotta do some Ooh. some awesome awesome sake, some great you know Japanese beer, and just and you know stay with that that genre and just enjoy it. Amazing. Yeah. Oh man, I really love this. I love this time we just had right now. Awesome. This is gonna be an awesome podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, Caesar's a potty. You can check them out everywhere. Check them out. Go to Sangria on the Berg. Uh, if you are in San Antonio listening, please go and listen. If you're not in San Antonio listening, first off, thank you everyone in California that's been listening. Uh, make your way to Texas. Come to San Antonio. Go to Sangria on the Berg. Check out everything else that he Caesar's doing. He's doing so much. It's amazing. Bless your palates. Go in there. Uh, you pop ups every Monday. Every Monday at Sangria, and then uh, they're kind of all over the place at ABC. As chefs approach me, I give them an opportunity, um, you know, to to work through their menu. Awesome, and I'll have all the links in the bio. You'll be able to plug it up, check it out, and enjoy it. Thank you so much, and thank you for the coffee. Absolutely, this is great coffee. Cheers, brother. Cheers.